0: Welcome back to season three. This is episode nine of How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect All Revenue Streams. I'm your host, author and entrepreneur, Emily White. Huge thanks to the New York City Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment for making this season happen. This live podcast taping is part of New York Music Month, the official celebration of New York City's vibrant and dynamic music ecosystem. June also means it's Pride Month. I wanna deeply thank our partners over at the Ally Coalition for supporting us and the crucial work they are doing. Founded in 2013 by Jack and Rachel Antonoff, the Ally Coalition provides critical support for organizations dedicated to bettering the lives of LGBTQ youth and raises awareness about the systematic inequalities facing the LGBTQ population. The Ally Coalition is committed to bettering the lives of LGBTQ youth through tours, social media campaigns, and collaborative partnerships. To learn more and how you can get involved, visit theallycoalition.org. Okay, so let's do this. We're back for the final week of live podcast tapings to take you through the modern music industry in full, which means you've gotten your art together. You set up your text list via community.com and overall marketing channels before you began recording, so that's all in place plus you've launched your pre-order or your patreon to mantra, i should say and/or your patreon to monetize your music before it's even out. We've covered everything you need to know legally around your music, in particular ensuring everyone in the studio signs a work for hire agreement and you have a clear process to discuss and confirm songwriting splits. You've also recorded your music, which is very exciting. And registered your songwriting with a performing rights organization, as well as Song Trust or your publishing administrator. Last week, we dug in on the proper ways to distribute your music to receive the maximum amount of income while exploring where music distribution is headed via Web3. We also learned from Janae Brown, who's known as the Beyonce of marketing, on how to market with or without a budget. And we discussed a lot with legendary concert promoter Peter Shapiro. So now that you're getting out there and playing live and your release is out and everything, let's talk all things merch. So today we're discussing merch reconnaissance. And before I bring out our esteemed guest, I just want to share some general merch best practices. So first, we talked a little bit about this in episode two when we were putting your pre-order together. You really want to keep cost of goods sold in mind, right? So we talked about something like handwritten lyrics. You know, you could charge like $50 for and that really just costs your time and and a piece of paper. Um, You know, you don't always just have to go press up hoodies or like super expensive items because that's what you think you're supposed to do. You can also keep stickers slash badges, buttons in mind. Um, As I mentioned in episode two, I'm big on posters. Um, When I was managing and and tour managing and doing merch and all that, um, posters can cost like 10 cents to press up, maybe they've gone up to 15 cents or something. Um, You know, you can charge like $10 for that. You can autograph the posters, charge 25. You can personally autograph them, you know, personalize it for the fan, charge like 50. Um, Just be mindful of size because if you are self-fulfilling, posters over 11 by 17 size-wise can cost a little bit more to ship. So you want to be mindful of that. If you are doing your own merch, um, also be mindful of quality, right? Like think about, you know, merch shirts you have or even like free shirts you have. I have like a lot of really random free shirts from startups. And if, if they're nice quality, I've had them like 10 years. I wear them to work out. You know, I wear them on planes and stuff um, as opposed to those shirts that like fade and, and fall apart. And, if you know, if you are purchasing any sort of organic cotton or using recycled materials, make sure you say that, you know, make sure you have a sign that says that at the merch table. Make sure it says that on your online store, because if that's important to you, it's likely important to your audience as well. Also, be mindful of the amount of colors you have on a shirt. I know a lot of merch companies are super bummed when an artist comes to them, you know, with a 10 color design or whatever. And then, you know, the merch company has to give the artist the sticker shock of the price. So um, personally, I think kind of sleek and simple looks a little bit better anyway. Um, But you really only want to use a few different colors. Um, there was an artist I was interviewing on the I Voted podcast, uh, Harry and the Hoot Nannies, who was telling me that they just buy their shirts at Goodwill. Um, so they get a lot of cool vintage shirts. Their fans really like it. Um, so that's something that I thought that was really creative that I wanted to pass along. If you are self fulfilling through your Bandzoogle website or your Squarespace website, if you're in the United States, stamps.com is really helpful, really easy. Makes you know postage and shipping super seamless. Um, obviously, you know you can buy packing materials in bulk uh, to help, you know, save on costs that way. And then don't forget insurance if you're shipping any sort of high-end, you know, special expensive item like a signed guitar or some sort of signed instrument because you don't want to lose out. Um, you know, should that get damaged damaged in transit? Okay, so um, first I want to touch on traditional merch companies um so when you outgrow self-fulfilling your merch and i would say with a lot of this stuff like when you literally can't do it when it's become too much which is different from not wanting to do it um a traditional merch company is going to keep about 20 to 25 percent of your online merch store revenue um they can also help you with tour projections hey i'm going on a national tour we're hitting x amount of cities um, you know, they'll be mindful to work with you on what's called like your per head at each show. Um, so, you know, if you're making a few dollars, it, um, that's, be- it's the average of, um, how much each fan at the show is spending, right? So if you're making a few dollars per head, that's really good. Um, there's some artists that make 10, $15 a head per show. Um, and then the merch company can help work with you on those projections, Um, If you are, um, if you do have a merch person and you do have a tour manager, I really like the app at Venue um, because that is going to help you keep an eye on your stock on the road. Um, I'd love to have someone from at Venue on at some point and they can share a little bit more like if it helps auto replenish. But um, like when that app was first shown to me, I was like, oh, that would have been nice to have um, when I was a tour manager. So that's good to know for Tour managers and merch folks out there, Um, a traditional merch company can also hook you up with international merch partners. So, you know, the band I, um, the main band I used to tour manage, is American, but their biggest country was Australia. So, it wouldn't make sense for us to be like. You know, shipping heavy merch boxes over to Australia. Our merch company in the U.S. hooked us up with an Australian partner, with a European partner, I think even a separate, I'm sure now post-Brexit, a separate U.K. partner. Um, and then also work with your concert promoter, especially if you're an American artist playing Canada, because um, that can be one of the trickiest countries um, to get merch at. So your concert promoter in Canada is going to tell you, like, ship ahead or um, they'll they'll tell you whatever the the current status is to help you out, and also with traditional merch companies, ask about price breaks. Um, so maybe you only need eighty of something, but the price break is at eighty five. I'm just making that up. So just be proactive to ask about price ba- breaks because that can save you um, in the long run. But today we're going to focus on on demand merch, which I think is I don't think certainly something newer that's popped up over the past few years because. Um, There's so many artists that press up a hundred shirts or a bunch of vinyl or whatever we talked about on demand vinyl as well in the distribution episode. And then you're stuck with like all these shirts or all this merch, right? Um, So we're going to explore on demand today. And it's time to bring out our esteemed guest who's going to teach us all about that with my guidance. No pressure, Eli. Um, So Eli Valentine, Valentine, excuse me. Is the co-founder of Fourth Wall, a platform that helps creators launch their own e-commerce shops and memberships. A longtime creator economy expert, Eli joined Will Bauman and Walker Williams in 2019 to start the company. Before launching Fourth Wall, Eli worked on strategy for multiple Fortune 500 companies. Let's welcome Eli. Come on up. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Where are you
1: from? Uh that's a loaded of question. I'm from a, a little bit of uh many places, but I'm originally from Puerto Rico and I lived all over the US, uh, a little bit in DC, Boston, uh, New York City for six months and then now LA. So Great. very exciting.
0: Awesome. And when did you move to the US?
1: I moved to the US back in uh 2012, Great. uh just right out of college. I went to college in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and uh just needed a change. Uh, I wanted a challenge, uh Changed sort of the, the people that I was uh, um, interacting with, and I wanted like a multi cultural um, uh, ambient or uh, experience and so yeah. I ended up in d uh, c cool. which is like everyone is from everywhere but d c there
0: yeah. <laughs> totally, very often in New York too though I'm glad you lived here for six months um, we I don't want to jinx it, but we every guest this season has had ties or lives in new York so
1: Oh, I love the city. Uh, yeah. I originally I thought about moving here, uh, which was funny. I was going to pay like five hundred dollars to live in a, in a sofa because that's what my budget could uh, sure. uh, uh, support back then. And then I, ha- I was lucky enough that my brother offered in D.C. for free. Perfect. And um, that just steered the, the, the direction where I was headed.
0: I love it. So can you tell us about the Fortune 500, 500 companies you previously worked worked at and what you learned crafting strategy over those years?
1: Uh, so uh, I work for a consulting firm, and, and as part of a consulting firm, you're sort of like a soldier and you're thrown in as, a, as an expert, and uh, you're really not an expert. You're just an expert Googler. Mm-hmm. You just have to learn really quick and ask the right questions. Uh, so I did a little bit of uh, healthcare and life sciences type of companies I did uh, power and utilities, and then I've done retail as well. Like I did uh, help Brooks Brothers uh, with one engagement. They wanted to figure out their suits and their mm-hmm. manufacturing there. And so turns out I was, I was a big fan of the brand, and, yeah. and that was a lot of fun to, to work on. So uh, you learn uh, a lot. You learn to research well. You learn mm-hmm. to I mean, craft the right questions because you have limited time with everyone that you're with. Yeah. And just sort of explore and dig more. And then once you see the bigger picture with everyone that is, you've talked to, then you come up with, like, could this be the reason or could this be the hypothesis, and then prove that wrong.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's that's the fun part. It's a, just a big science experiment.
0: Right. But it starts with Googling, yeah. so that's a good reminder. I mean, because you've worked a lot of fancy places. so yeah.
1: No one free- knows everything no. except Google. Yes. And it's just a matter of pe- putting the pieces together and going – past the first and second page of Google.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. How did you become a creator economy expert? I thought that was so interesting in your bio.
1: So um, that was, uh, I'm an internet kid. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up, well, like, sort of YouTube is my, like, safe space.
2: Sure.
1: Um, Every time I sit down and you see with my phone, I'm most likely on YouTube. Uh, Every time I sit down for dinner, some people put the TV or a movie, Mm -hmm. I go to YouTube um and then uh my business partners came up to me with the idea of what became fourth wall and immediately fell in love with with it i i was i remember this i uh the next day after i heard the idea i went back to work and i was like i can't do this anymore yeah like i i i need to do that um and just sort of like like, some friends that were in the space, um, and then you learn by, by doing it. The first year when we uh, started Fourth Wall, mm-hmm. we were um, hidden behind, you know, we didn't do a lot of promo. It was building time. Yeah. And so we had maybe under 10 creators that we work with, mm-hmm. and it was very tailored. It was very manual. Everything was, like, uh, no technology behind it. It was all us trying to figure it out. And then from there, you sort of learn... What are the pain points mm-hmm. of that a that a creator, right, including musicians, podcasters, YouTubers, streamers, go through? And it's very similar, uh, right? The difference is, a podcaster might not go on tour. Mm-hmm. Same with a YouTuber versus a musician would. Um, and so we we just grinded and and had, ran into a lot of uh, trouble and like uh, trial and error. So mm-hmm. a lot of things where we did wrong. Uh, and a lot of things that we did right from the get-go, but learning and, and asking why and, and why do we need to do it this way versus the old way or the new way?
0: Oh my gosh. I have so many questions within that. How did you meet or know, like, how did you know your co-founders when they approached you?
1: So, uh, it's funny cause we were just at a wedding of one of them and, uh, we were talking about it cause they're all went to college together, yeah. um, at Brown and I did not, I wasn't mm-hmm. as smart. Um, And so it was when I moved to the States, I just happened to have a friend that had a house party that same day after I moved. um, And I went, And one guy was from DC. He invited me over and we became friends and sort of like, Will was one of his friends. And just, we started like, we got to meet each other, travel the world. Um, The, the reason Will says he brought up, uh, fourth wall of the idea and brought me in so walker is a fantastic salesman amazing product in ux guy. will is is our leader and sort of engineering mastermind and then they knew they needed someone with operational like mm-hmm. to help with operations and build everything um everything else i should say mm-hmm. and uh i'm a small investor in a waffle company nice uh, which is very odd. And, and uh, he saw how dedicated I was, even though I'm probably the smallest investor mm-hmm. and how i would go out of my way, like when they were in Costco to go and check how the, the shelf was doing. I would talk to the manager, even though I wasn't asked for it. I was just like, how many units have we sold today? I'm yeah. um, report back. And he was sort of like, he knew I like operation and they knew that they needed someone that would just be passionate and just go all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, um, uh, they thought I was the right person and they invited me to join
0: along. I love that. So you made the jump. You didn't mention this, but you were at, um, KPMG before Correct. fourth wall, which Correct. is a huge accounting firm for those that don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, how long was it between like the time that they approached you and when, when you were like, by accounting firm
1: um so we went through like a little bit of 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 a a process not not too long but when you're selecting your co-founders it's a little bit of like like a relationship or not shouldn't say a little bit it is a relationship um will and i knew each other very well um knew (sighs) what our personalities were how we dealt with adversity because we travel so much together um and so he knew a little bit better on how I would mm-hmm. fit. Uh Walker on the other hand, I had not met him before, so it was sort of like is this guy for real? Um can he handle like what we need? Is he like uh excited about will he roll up his sleeves and figure things out? And uh it just so happens I'm ADHD and you know mm-hmm. how that goes when one gets obsessed with something. Mm-hmm. Um you just go 10,000 feet and like mm-hmm. feet deep. And uh, that's what happened, like when Will told me the idea, like the next day, like I mentioned, I was like, couldn't focus at work. I spent it all like researching what are, what's the space like, what, what tools do creators have, um, what are the barriers? And then I came up with like, hey, this is what we can do, this is what we can do. Um, and I think that sort of uh, spoke to how we would work together uh, as founders. And, and so they, they say yes. Um, so it's, it's been fun since then.
0: Amazing. I love that. And also, we should clarify, you said UX before, so that's user experience. That's like how you feel. Maybe you could define that.
1: Yeah, so um, UX is what you see, um, sort of how um, what it looks like. Um, The idea behind UX is to make things easier and intuitive so that um, the better the UX of a product, the less help articles you need um, and the more intuitive it is. Um, For example, now... Apple is big on this. And, mm-hmm. and so for us, when you open an iPhone, you can quickly start moving around without having to read the manual. And yeah. even when you first got your first iPhone, you were able to do most of it without reading the manual. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's uh, part of the the UX of our platform is um, we want to make it easier for creators um, to like at the end of the day, as, as a creator, and I'm, I'm going to speak in general here as musicians, your creator, as podcasters, your creator, Um your main uh, focus should be in creating. Mm -hmm. that be songwriting, producing a video, whatever it is. Um, You shouldn't have to worry too much about everything else or spend too much time trying to learn it. It should be as easy as possible. So when we set out to build Fourth Wall, we wanted to build it not just for that early stage of creator when you're just by yourself, but also as you graduate your different stages in your creator life. Yeah. Right. When you bring in your first friend to help you, when you bring an official manager, mm-hmm. when you go on tour. And so those stages of life and then each one has a different sort of set of requirements, an expert. Yeah. Um, And what we wanted to make it as, as easy from your first day and easier for your manager once they sort of uh, inherit this this platform. And you're like, mm-hmm. this is what I use for my products. This is what I use for my membership. So. Um, that's what we set out to build.
0: I love that. And also COO, that's Chief Operating Officer. So that makes sense yeah. um, since you're the operations person.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, basically doing everything from mopping in the office to getting on phones with creators. And uh, the reality, I was educated this way by my parents. Yeah. Uh, note, like, I, I hate titles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've, I've spoken to this with my team. It's sort of like, I hate titles. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, is is we're all in this together and, um, we do whatever needs to get done to like get our mission or move my mission forward.
0: Totally agree. Love that. So how did Mr. Serena Williams, Alexis Ohanian get involved as an investor with fourth wall? That's, and he's also the Reddit co-founder, which is amazing. Yeah.
1: He's a, he's an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, he was our original investor. He saw the vision when we didn't have a product. Mm -hmm. um walker had worked with him on his previous live when he founded teespring and uh when he heard the idea he was a big proponent of of he understood fan base
2: yeah
1: um having co-founded uh reddit Mm -hmm. right you understand the power of the public you understand Mm -hmm. how it can move mountains and fourth wall is all about empowering that relationship Mm -hmm. and and be more direct and so he he saw the he, he understood it and, and basically said, uh, I'm giving you money. Go ahead and build it. And that's that's when we we went at it. He uh, first time I met him, I remember, you know, there's there's this I didn't I wasn't part of the, the startup world. Mm-hmm. Um, I met CEOs. I've shared cars with CEOs of of pharma companies, but it was never like start Starstruck.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, with him, it was sort of like a little bit of nervousness because, like, here it is—you yeah. know, the somewhat of a, a big person in the internet—and uh he was the nicest. He's still mm-hmm. the nicest person I, I've met. um Very humble, very nice. What you see is what you get. So it's been great to have us have him support us, and, and still through the, to this day, he's a big proponent of what we're building, and you mm-hmm. can see it. He just launched the LA um, Golf Club, uh, mm-hmm. which is the new Tiger Woods team, the first one in that league. And he used fourth wall to launch um, his his merch instead of his storefront. Uh, he understands the power of of merch instead of that billboard that comes with uh, someone wearing it and and inside club that it becomes. Same with uh, uh, his football club out in LA, um, and even his his. Uh, VC firm has mm-hmm. merch. So he understands that and he's a big proponent. Of it, so it's been great working with him.
0: Very cool. So, what is on demand merch? I mean, I touched on it, but you're the expert.
1: Yeah. So, um, at Forthwell, one of the, the, the uh, perks you get so you can build your storefront um, very easily. Uh, we also make it easy so for you to find products to customize. There's different printing techniques. And there's different printing methods. Mm-hmm. So one of those techniques or, or methods is uh, on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also what you've talked about previously, which is mm-hmm. like MOQ or screen, usually known as screen printing, but there's a lot of things that are within minimum order quantity mm-hmm. where you have to order in bulk. Um, and then there's digital products that you that we support. We support yeah. all three. Uh, with on demand, uh, The best part is there's no inventory, there's very to to no product waste. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when you're first starting, you don't know if your audience is skews small or extra large Mm -hmm. or medium. Um, You don't know if they will like one product or the other and you wanna keep your options open and sort of test the waters with different products. With on-demand, it allows you to do that at no cost. You don't have to buy anything. It just gets produced as it gets sold. Yeah. Um, within the on-demand, you have the the workhorse that everyone knows, which is DTG, which is direct to garment printing. Mm-hmm. Um, that think of it like a normal printer at your house; it prints on the shirt, um, and then it gets dried and, and goes through that process. You have all-over printing. You have sublimation. Uh, there is embroidery on-demand, and then the latest technology that came about is is this called DTFX, which mm-hmm. is direct to film. Uh, Printing, uh, which we're a huge proponent of it because it marries the two good things of both on demand and screen printing. Mm -hmm. Screen printing gives you very vivid colors, um, it it lasts forever, um, and it gets softer as you wash it. Um, DTG, like it prints well, it, it looks great, but it might not last as much. And then, but however, you don't have to buy as many. So with DTFX, it gives you the color, the durability, but then you, it's on demand. You, mm-hmm. uh, if you sell one, it gets printed. If you sell a thousand, it gets printed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're very, very excited for that, for the space to sort of shift now towards this new technology.
0: Totally. And so you mentioned, you know, uh, learning and working through those pain points at the beginning of the company when you had like 10 creators. What were some of those pain points that came up?
1: Uh, the pain points are managing your orders, Mm -hmm. uh, with Amazon nowadays, everyone expects things to ship uh, Mm -hmm. as soon as they click the buy button. Um, so that as a, as a musician, as a creator, you have a lot of things if you're Mm self-fulfilling. Um, and and so even though you might put it out there in the website, people don't read. And so, Mm -hmm. um, that also then yields uh, a pain point of of support, right? Mm -hmm. People will email and all of a sudden they'll email and tweet at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so you want to keep that. Those are some of the pain points that you go through and understanding at first is how my process is going to work. It's like from when I get an order to when I ship it to how I'm going to deal with support. Yeah. How am I going to deal with social media support as well? Because nowadays it's just very quick to, to like tweet and send you a message. Um, and so those are some of the major pain points. And then, mm-hmm. Uh, the other ones are dealing with manufacturers. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the manufacturers want to sell uh, as much as they can, and and maybe their interests are not necessarily aligned mm-hmm. with those the smaller creators, right? Yeah. Um, and with fourth wall, you sort of have like a, 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 a economies of scale behind you to mm-hmm. like push those those manufacturers when quality is not there. Um, we noticed that at first it was like very hard when things didn't get printed correctly. Sure. Um, they'll just like, yeah, that's, that's that's the margin of error. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, as a creator, a musician, like you don't want a margin of error. Like right. one misprint is one too many. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you deal with it is very important. So uh, those are some of the main uh, pain points from order fulfilling to support to dealing with, with production. All while you're doing your art while you're managing, you know, a life. Um, mm. So it, it just adds up.
0: Absolutely. And I would say, you know, how you, how you deal with it when you're running your own merch store, like customer service 101, is people just want to hear from you. You know, sometimes you'll get like a nasty email or a nasty message. This happens to me, you know, and then I write back and I'm like, Oh, your book's going to arrive tomorrow. And there's maybe there's su- a, they're surprised it's the author. Maybe there's, su- but usually they're just surprised it's a real human.
1: You that know? is very true. Um, We're very proud of our support team um, at Fourthwall, and uh, one of our values is uh, small but mighty. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, what I've I've tried to sort of uh, the message that I give to my team is that, like, when you use Fourthwall, we have that direct relationship with Mm -hmm. your supporter when they contact support. Yeah, and so that is your most precious asset is that relationship you have with your audience. And we have to understand the responsibility we have there. Yeah. Um, and so people will email, send nasty emails. Mm-hmm. And our team has been able to turn that around and sort of become like, oh, my God, this was amazing. Yeah. People are used to um, really bad support. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of mimic the Sappos the Amazon aspect yeah. of, hey, make, make it right. Figure out how to do it. Um, within certain boundaries, but also be compassionate and just yeah. a normal human being that answers mm-hmm. within a reasonable time
2: yeah.
1: is it, it just adds a lot to the experience. And it just minimizes that sort of behavior where like people are like right now, if you go to Twitter and search fourth wall. The one of our biggest perks is that is like mm-hmm. people vouch. It's like the support is amazing.
2: Cool.
1: Um, and that's very important when you're doing your own support to make sure you're personable empathetic um and just just be, treat them like you would like to be treated even though sometimes your energy might not be there. I remember in the early days I used to do support myself. Um and there were times where you're like, oh my God, like why are they keep asking the same question or why why are they coming at me with such a like anger yeah. um and just being nice and, and, and about it and empathetic, like flip the script.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so you started with, like, 10 creators. Roughly, how many are you up to now at Fourth Wall?
1: I think we uh, just passed, I believe, it was, like, over 25,000 active creators, um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we first opened our doors to our platform, I didn't want to do it. Um, I didn't think we were ready. I was so afraid. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, uh, our Will, our leader, he was like, no, we're ready. Like, we, won't, we will never be ready, basically. Yeah. Like, you want it to be. And it's been great is growing this this uh, this platform in the community. It's like yeah. um, there's a lot of cool things we, that have happened because of that. It's sort of like the the community and seeing creators um, help each other is mm-hmm. is very rewarding. I uh, That has been one of my, my favorite parts.
0: What's an example of that?
1: So we have a Discord uh, nice. where you can go once you join 4th Wall, you can always join. Mm-hmm. And then you get access to certain channels. They hype each other out. Cool. They'll give each other pointers yeah. and then the support one, which is where we want people to email us, but if they're in Discord, we also mm-hmm. have a support team working that, which is me and another uh team member.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes when I get to the question, someone else answered it. Yeah. And there's like a handful of creators that they're de facto support. Um, mm-hmm. they know the platform very well and they just love answering questions and yeah. trying to figure out new tricks and ways of using the platform. And uh, it's fascinating uh, to see uh, how everyone helps each other. Because, like, community is, is mm-hmm. what we all strive for and why the internet is so successful Yeah, um, is that sense of community.
0: That's right. And for those that don't know, what's Discord?
1: Uh, Discord is a messaging sort of platform. It started for gamers, but now it's for everything. You sort mm-hmm. of create a server um, and uh, that's something good as a musician or as a creator. You can create your own server and sort of cultivate your community there as well. Uh, think of it like a chat meets Reddit-esque. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's actually, I, I'm getting more and more into using it uh, since I'm, I'm running the support channel within Discord, and it's fascinating and very interesting how some people use Discord to mm-hmm. sort of build community.
0: What aren't you doing? I mean, that's what people don't always understand about the C-suite,
1: yeah, no, and, and it's just uh, and, and this is part of everyone in the company, not just uh, mm-hmm. us, uh, the founders. Is everyone in the company, like, does a little bit of everything? Yeah, you have your main lane, but at the end of the day, wherever helps is needed, yeah. you shift there. Um, it's part of the allure of a startup. Mm-hmm. You will learn, yeah. and you will be thrown in the deep end without knowing how to do things. Mm-hmm. The willingness to read, research have some type of common sense and then be willing to make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, make in similar goals to your career as a musician and a creator is you cannot be afraid of making mistakes. What you should be afraid of, of repeating mistakes. Yes. Um, Which is what I tell everyone that walks through the door at fourth yeah. wall. When they start is I am not worried about you making a mistake. Yeah. I am more worried about you repeating a mistake. I'm not Afraid of you having a bad idea, I'm worried about not being, not everyone getting behind your idea if you're the, yeah. de- the decision maker there, um, and failing because of that. We will always fail because idea was bad, not because of execution. And the same yeah. thing is with creators and musicians. It's like uh, you got to just try.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, my first book's called Interning 101, and I definitely talk about that with regard to the music business. So that's very validating to hear from you. Like, total, It's totally cool to make a mistake, just don't make it twice. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So what problems um, does the on-demand merch model solve? Uh, the inventory
1: and, and product waste. Um, mm-hmm. It It is more efficient in, in that... Uh, you'll you'll see that uh, many times whenever you go to the MOQ, you'll end up with unsold inventory um, if you do print before selling. Mm-hmm. There is campaign models which you can run through fourth wall where yeah. you can pre-sale and then print it later uh, to avoid waste. But um, it solves that. It solves speed, right? Yeah. Um, the speed within something gets printed and ship, you're looking at two to five days most. From that item to being sold to actually shipped, uh, right now during like non-peak season, which peak season is the, during the holidays, mm-hmm. you'll see sometimes things ship out the same day. Yeah. Um. So that is it increases the experience and the the satisfaction to, for uh, for that supporter, and it makes gets them excited. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing like even with Amazon when you buy there's just something exciting about receiving uh something in the mail and when it's from your favorite like band or musician Mm -hmm. it's even more so
0: and you mentioned moq i know you defined it before but what's that again
1: moq is minimum order quantity that's basically anything that uh uh, requires you to order in batch um so think of screen printed from uh there to cut and sew which is like products you might have to make Mm -hmm. overseas Keychains, vinyls, vinyl cds you have to buy a minimum quantity
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in order for someone to even like uh, accept your order. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned in your intro, there's breaks within those prices mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and so the more you order, the better the, the unit economic or the unit price. Right. Uh, so more money you make more money as, as you uh, print more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why, I, to, to reiterate your point, knowing where the price breaks are is mm-hmm. very important. Um, whenever an MLQ request comes through a fourth call. There's a team that handles it because that part is still semi-automated. And they'll give you a quote uh, and they'll give you a quote with different sort of like, Hey, here's our minimum is 150. Here's what, if you sell 3000, like look at the price difference. Right. But it also, it's like, you know, you might want to buy 200. Mm -hmm. Um, And then understanding what does that entail in terms of sizing um, Mm -hmm. like in a t-shirt, most likely it doesn't matter the color of the t-shirt or the size of the t-shirt. It all counts as part of that 150. But if you change one of the colors yeah. within the art, then that will require another minimum, for right. example. Um, Same with like, if you're printing the same art in a t-shirt and a hoodie, you could buy 75 t-shirts, 75 hoodie, as long as everything is the same, meaning size, colors and placement. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, there's, Great ways to get around the minimums mm-hmm. um, to get you the, the the right pricing that you're looking for and the right margins that you're looking for as a as a musician or as a creator.
0: That's really interesting. So you do both on demand and MOQ, correct? All okay, right. great. So if I'm an artist, I can do my on demand if I'm just getting going or for my web sales. But if I'm going on tour, I can order
1: yeah. stuff. We yeah. had a, a, we have a few uh, musicians uh in the in the platform who have used us for tours mm-hmm. uh we've done both where they prefer to order on demand and they'll ship it ahead so they'll they'll put the orders and send it to the venue yeah um ahead of time and then they'll take whatever's left with them to the next show and then we've had a few where they've done um just moq or or uh screen printed and order in bulk uh and then they figure out how to ship it to the different locations right uh, like you mentioned, it's it's easier when you're touring uh, mm-hmm. via van through the U.S., um, harder when you go overseas, because mm-hmm. you do have to ship things out there. And shipping right now, post-pandemic, has come down, but it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there's, there's a lot to think about when going through that process.
0: How was the pandemic for you guys? Because you started in 2019.
1: Um, it was great. And it was... Chaotic Mm -hmm. um, at the same time. Uh, Luckily, we were already semi remote before it started. So, culturally, we didn't get impacted as much. Um, The the creator space uh, grew significantly. Mm -hmm. Like the adoption of the creator, what is now called the creator economy, it it was leaps. It was like, you know, exponential um, on how people didn't need it something to do, needed something Mm -hmm. to watch. Netflix could put up shows as quick as possible. Yeah. And so where am I going to find my entertainment? Mm -hmm. Uh, Same with musicians, right? Like you couldn't see your, your favorite band. Yeah. So they all did live streaming. Mm They'll, they they tried different things to keep in touch with their fan base. Um, And so that was great, but we were also dealing with the logistical nightmare that it was happening during that time, right? From blanks, they were like, oh my, I have PTSD from trying to print something and all of a sudden the blanks went completely out of stock in the whole US. And you were competing, at that time we were really small, you're competing against people that are buying uh, the blanks that you use to print, T-shirts, hoodies, like at crazy numbers. So we mm-hmm. couldn't like safely capture inventory. And I lost a lot of sleep in a lot of years trying to figure out uh the the how to do that and how to get the product out because even though it was the pandemic and we had warnings throughout checkout just like everyone else um we still wanted to get things out quickly
0: and what are blanks
1: blanks are are just sort of like the the raw product that you use for printing think of it the basic ones are t-shirts hoodies hats um they're blank uh that's why they call blanks um that you can print on Rarely you can buy them without any type of decoration. Uh, you have many, many brands that you can use. Uh, one of the workhorse of the industry is the Bella Canvas, um, which is affordable and great quality. Um, and so those, those are usually imported. Uh, you have Mexico, South America, Bangladesh, and some in China, uh, where they have to get imported and during the pandemic, you couldn't get anything through a port. Um, it was it was just very difficult. So mm-hmm. those blank suppliers out here in the states uh, just were running out of blanks fairly quickly mm-hmm. and colorways you might have all of a sudden you were stuck with pinks, uh, mm-hmm. but there are no whites or, or black t-shirt, which are the most popular ones. same with hoodies. I remember like you there was a time where a white hoodie, was the same price as gold during the pandemic. Wow. If you had white hoodie for some reason in your storage, you could get amazing deal for like selling that just blank to some screen printer. So wow. it, was, uh, it was very interesting times.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So before I stumbled on fourth wall, which I have no idea how, <laughs> I'd probably have to check my emails or something. Um, I had some really bad on-demand merch experiences, just, you know, um, really poor quality product, literally like unraveling. So, if you do work with an on demand company, definitely ask for samples before. Yep. Um, but how does Fourth Wall produce such quality merch? Um, because I run a fairly large nonprofit called I Voted. So, this is a Fourth Wall t shirt. We work we with go. you guys. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, have been really, really happy. Maybe it was, maybe I saw that like Alexis invest, I don't know what it was that drew me to you guys, but like, we've been so happy. I am
1: glad to hear that. sort of of like, it it gives me a smile on my face. It's just a very uh, like great thing to hear. Um, so quality for us is, is extremely important. Every product that gets sold through our manufacturing partners. Yeah. We have a quality guaranteed uh, sort of approach um when you even create your own product it go it gets added there wow. to your product listing automatically um and what we've done is with the this economy, economies of scale mm-hmm. we're able to pressure manufacturing partners to improve in certain areas and we yeah. track quality issues at the end of the day you will never hit 100 mm-hmm. percent. as much sure. as we strive perfection is not an end goal It's yeah. always a, a, a continuous improvement And um, it's how you deal when those items are misprinted or damaged. Uh, And so we are able to put pressure on these manufacturing partners Mm -hmm. to say, like, hey, this T-shirt, we've been getting 10% more quality issues in the last two weeks. What's going on? Right. And so we're able to put pressure there and force them to, like, look into it as opposed if it's, like, a bunch of smaller folks um uh you as a as a, as a smaller uh, creator going to them directly it might not go all the way to the ceo or their head of production mm-hmm. um so that's one way we do it and then the other one is vetting our manufacturing partners like mm-hmm. i right now i'm wearing this shirt but i'm usually in a t-shirt and a hoodie i uh i it's one of the few shirts that are
0: non uh,
1: merch related
0: uh, Thanks for dressing up for us. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, I, um, and so we use it and we sort of know what we like and uh what are the pain points. Like nowadays I can't buy a t-shirt mm-hmm. at a normal store without thinking, one it, knowing what it costs, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a shocker when you all of a sudden go buy a shirt and it says fifty dollars when you know it costs like three dollars to print.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but also the quality and you you touch it, you sort of see it. Um I'm not very good with washing, meaning like following washing directions. Mm-hmm. Just wash everything in cold, put it in my dryer. And so if it survives with me, yeah. it's a quality that I'm proud of and a quality that will help, uh, that will offer to our creator. So uh, quality is very important. Like you mentioned, samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you join 4th Wall, you have a way to ordering samples. Great. We recommend that not only for checking quality, um, also checking how it looks. Because one thing is how you see it in the screen, mm-hmm. how you see it. We have this amazing product render, render that creates like r- lifelike images yeah. for you. Um, but at the end of the day, you're seeing it through a computer. It's different when you see it physically. You're sure. like, now that you wear it, you notice it is a little bit lower or it's a little bit higher. So you want to like tweak it. Uh, but also for um, promoting your merch, mm-hmm. you're promoting your products. Um, when you're starting... Every you're building a community, uh, regardless if you're a podcast, a musician, or we're not, you're building a community and you want to make these fans feel rewarded, but also make them invested. Yeah, and the way to do that is when they see you wear your own products, when yeah. they see you be proud enough that you sort of showcase them and you use them, and it's sort of like another baby for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so samples are very important for that, for putting in your social medias putting in your videos, um, and so on. Sort of like give that excitement for fans to, like, Hey, I want that shirt. Like yeah. Eli wore it in the video. I'm going to wear it. No, yeah.
0: I love that. So fourth wall produces over 200 merch items. Yeah. What are some of your favorites?
1: Uh, hoodies. I'm a, i am aii went from not having any hoodies, uh, to having too many um hoodies are my one of my big favorites uh there's whenever whenever they're soft sort of like medium weight mm-hmm. um those are my go-to i live in los angeles where it is basically permanently spring mm-hmm. um in the west la i should say because mm-hmm. downtown la it's it does get summery
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and so i'm constantly on a hoodie and those are one of my favorite water bottles uh mm-hmm. is a great one um one is it's more and more people are using reusable Mm -hmm. uh, water bottles. It sort of uh, promotes it and sort of people see you when, for example, Mm -hmm. in a concert you might want to have your water bottle and they Mm -hmm. see, you know, that printed water bottle uh, you're using it. But at the end of the day, I think the the workhorse of the merch world is the t-shirt. Like hands down. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is the way to think about a t-shirt is, not only does it promote your, band, your brand, mm-hmm. meaning uh, the person wearing it is a walking billboard, yeah. but also it promotes community. If I see you with the I voted and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I, I, I partake in the I voted event in L.A. Mm-hmm. And we can start a conversation about it and right. it could spark community and a, a sort of a friendship and whatnot. And it's the mo- one of the most accessible ones that you constantly wear. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you want to, your fans to wear it often.
0: Yeah.
1: And people will buy things that they wear often. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Like, t shirt is something that you're constantly shifting through day to day, even if you're in school or you're just on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, t shirts are, are the best, uh, I would say, um, merch item, in my opinion.
0: Nice. And do do we have
1: our social handle on the back of us? You do. Yeah. At I
0: at Festival. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I know I asked for that. I just obviously can't see behind myself. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: But there you go. That's the walking yeah. billboard, right? Mm-hmm. So you might not have to even look for it. you all of a sudden and it's someone walking behind you. Yeah. There. When you're walking, sometimes you're like not thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you read that and all of a sudden you're like, mm. and it just... Either you're curious about it and immediately we go to our phones yeah. or you're like, stay thinking about it. And then you hear it later
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it sparks like, oh, I, I've seen that before. And that's how billboards work, right? Yeah. It's like they're not the, the snicker billboard and, and the highway is not trying to, it, it won't sell you a snicker right there because you're driving. Sure. It's about you thinking about a snicker later on. <laughs> um, and, and same with T-shirt and merch. It's sort of like it's building that community and, and helping promote your business band or or brand. That's
0: great. Do you guys ship internationally?
1: We do ship internationally. And the the great thing with on-demand is, um, depending on the manufacturing partner, Mm -hmm. you will have facilities that print in the EU, in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, What that does is it speeds up the shipping process, it lowers the shipping costs, and it makes your fans a lot happier. Mm -hmm. uh, Because they get, like, shipping to Australia from the US, it'll take forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the quicker they get it, the better. Um, The cheaper they get it, the better. Um, Shipping is always a a sticker shock to um, international buyers. And it also reduces customs, Mm -hmm. uh, right? Because you're shipping within the country. Uh, So no, for those, when they ship within the country, um, they don't have to pay customs and duties, which they have to, like all of a sudden... Most international buyers are used to it because a yeah. lot of things come from the States or China. Um, but it, with this, it's like, an, like a nice surprise.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what I, I just I mean, I'm hesitating because it's like customs is such a pain. And I've oh. just heard so many, you know, nightmare stories from individual artists. too. Yeah, yeah.
1: it is. It is a pain point. It is, and it requires like it's such a on like chaotic, I would say, is the way to describe it. You can send the same item to two different people mm. in the same country. One will get customs, and the other one doesn't. Wow! There's no rhyme or reason. Um, it's very archaic. It's not as uh, uh, as advanced in technology as as you would expect, yep. especially something that it's like a huge revenue generating for countries and in, in, uh, in different nations. Uh, and so that's one of the problems. at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of the customs agent.,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, do they want to inspect that? Do they want to categorize it differently? Do they are
0: they having a bad day?
2: Yeah,
1: And so it it just it, it's so so variable that you want to deal with it as as little as possible.
0: And so that's customs is all taken care of with worthwhile. yeah,
1: so customs in in the sense that uh, for those that ship from those countries, you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about for moq and items that only ship from the u.s yeah. um that is sort of a warning that it, mm-hmm. it goes to the supporter that okay there could be because like we can't say like uh that it will be depends mm-hmm. on the on the agent There might be additional customs and taxes as it right. arrives um one thing we do and and you'll we give whenever something ships you get an mm-hmm. order shipped email they can track it there whenever they have questions if something stays and customs for too long we will investigate for your supporter um and find out and if it's like we've known by now when something is either lost yeah because a lot of things get lost in customs um and when something is lost it's sort of like hey sorry that is lost yeah. we'll either replace it or yeah. refund it if if we don't have it available anymore um and so we deal with that sort of nightmare that comes with mm-hmm. uh shipping internationally
0: wow that's great so, what are creative items and strategies you've seen fourth wall artists and creators implement?
1: Um, it depends on the on the audience. At the end of the day, no one knows your audience better than you, mm-hmm. um, and that's very important to be in tune with what they like. Um, that's why the on demand could be a great place to test different yeah. products. Um, one thing I would say, and, and sort of a aside, there is whenever you launch your store or your your um, or you're selling at a venue is try to avoid decision paralysis Mm. um we we have to advise a lot of creators of like hey there's a sweet spot between three to like eight nine products yeah anything more than that it will create a decision paralysis Mm -hmm. um where like it's sort of like fomo yeah
2: um
1: where oh i want this t-shirt but i also want that one but i don't have enough money for both Mm -hmm. it's like which one's the coolest one yeah and then you now you're like Asking other people, it's like which one you think mm-hmm. I like, and then when the purchase doesn't happen immediately,
2: yeah,
1: most likely you lose, you lost right. that that uh, purchase. So first thing when you're testing, test one or two products at a time. Once you find out the ones that your audience love, always test different products, but just have one or two again, one or two that are like test. Yeah. Let me see how mugs do this time, mm-hmm. and maybe mugs is your thing. There's every audience has one item that's their best selling. Mm-hmm. Um we've seen plushies be a huge uh seller What's in the creator plushie? space. What's a plushie? I don't know what a plushie, plushie is. Plushie is like a think of it like a teddy bear okay. or a collectible. Oh, yeah. Um and small. Um they're huge in the creator space. Mm-hmm. Um people put them in their background in their rooms. Um and they're like adorable. They're like yeah. a, a great way to sort of like showcase it, decorate your your room. Um and there's some audience that that's like huge revenue mm-hmm. generating um there's others that we've seen like notebooks like a random like randomly like notebooks is like a big one yeah um and then also play to your skills we have uh, a musician called harry mack mm. amazing improv rapper cool um uh, check his video out they're, they're just impressive how quick he can think one of his best-selling products is he'll do a freestyle rap custom to you Uh, so you can every, every, like, I think it's every other Friday, Mm -hmm. they'll put it out for sale. They'll put like uh, a limited amount. Um, then you send him the words that you want him to rap, meaning you can throw, you know, power at Brooklyn, New York, and then he'll rap a couple minutes using those words. Uh, so that's like a big, big seller. Um, one, because it's what he does, right? He, he became a musician by like sort of freestyling, Freestyling through the streets of Venice, um, and that's something that his audience is like. That's so cool! I want yeah. my own. So it's like a cameo esque, mm-hmm. um, and so that was been very successful. And I I I find that one amazing. Yeah. Um, another one that we seen in colonial musicians do is autograph pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a band, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, and they do, they actually utilize our 3PL, mm-hmm. which is our fulfillment center. They take pictures, they print them, they sign it, send it over to us, and then they sell those. Mm-hmm. And their fans love them because they're usually themed. So, yeah. towards the holiday, it will be like a holiday photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that sells well. Um, use digital products to test as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you could sell images, you could sell. Uh, backgrounds, you could sell mm-hmm. um, your own music digitally mm-hmm. through Fourth Wall, and and sort of get more access to fans. At the yeah. one thing, uh, and I, I'm a little bit over the place, but one thing that's no, very important uh, as you're building your audience, as you're like starting as a musician or even in like towards the end, you want to have direct access to your fans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when you post on YouTube, you do not have direct access to your fan as much as you like to. Uh, right. If YouTube goes away, how are you going to communicate with them? This is something that in the creator space, more and more people are understanding, uh, especially with the OnlyFans like sort of mm-hmm. fiasco where they all of a sudden, they were not going to allow the same content that they've been yeah. allowing for so long. All of a sudden people are freaking out. It's like, Crap, I have to diversify. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you do want to diversify. uh, Just like when you post your music, you don't post it always on um, Spotify. You might do Apple. You might do Mm -hmm. um, all the other platforms. Similar, you want to have that direct relationship, and that is via text or email. So, at fourth wall, one of the most important things is we don't own your data. Mm -hmm. You own it. Your supporters' data is yours. Um, we, We don't have contracts. You can leave at any time. And when you leave, and we've had a few people leave either because they decided to stop being a, a, a creator mm-hmm. or anyway, uh, slew of reasons. We always tell them, like, hey, don't forget to that da- before you yes. delete your shop, don't forget to download your data. Because um, that's very important. And that's how you will communicate with your fan base whenever you decide to come back.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and also whenever you do something new. We have one of our creators, uh, Phil DeFranco. He is huge with this email and text line, um, and he knows how to market correctly, um, and he'll give access to whoever you have emails, send them a note, and let them know, hey, secret, I'm going to, just for you, you have a 10%, or mm-hmm. just for you, we've launched this, here's the passcode, to enter the site and buy.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and so those folks that bought from you feel special mm-hmm. if you're rewarded, but you now start to develop that relationship with them directly. So as if you, for some reason, have, want to do something big, you have that uh, point of contact.
0: Eli's crushing it on the sustainability part of this podcast and book. This podcast is based on so, um, I'm, and I'm totally serious. Uh, so yeah, that's another direct to fan data collection point.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, it's very important.
0: Love it. Can an artist work with Fourth Wall if they have existing stock?
1: Yeah, that's that's the uh, the a cool part that we see. A lot, a lot of musicians uh, have come to 4th and then they always have that question. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you can either fulfill it yourself uh, with 4th There's a way for you to download your orders, cool. put them in like a shipping easy, uh, stamps.com mm-hmm. and all these like different label uh, uh, buyers or, or fulfillment services. But you can also send it to our 3PL, which is a third-party mm-hmm. logistics. It's a fulfillment warehouse. It's sort of like a value add service that we give Um, for you to send your products. There's some requirements on how to send it um, and you'll need to put some things in the label, but you send them and then you don't have to worry about as they sell, they'll start getting fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, You get charged a fee whenever they sell. It's what it's called a pick and pack. Mm -hmm. Um, The fee is like one for for the first one and then uh, a different price for any additional ones after the first one. And then you do have um, storage fees. So depending if something you know will move, um, you might want to send it to the warehouse and the fulfillment center. If it's something that sells one every month and you have a lot of inventory, might be better to self-fulfill it because you'll save some money on the fees that that come with like storing that elsewhere. Um, but yeah, like do that uh, whenever you have a, a unsold inventory for a tour, mm-hmm. Um, whenever you want to do something special, right? Mm -hmm. I know as as musicians, you might not be a knitter, but like we have creators that knit and they'll sell their own, the sweaters that they did on their video, they'll put it out there. Um, We have a creator that does a lot, like her communities around thrifting, Mm -hmm. uh, shifty thrifty, and she'll sell thrift boxes. She has a network of people that thrift around the world and they'll send it. They'll create these boxes and then you can buy them Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll self-fulfill it. And so, uh, it's a great way to sort of send something unique, yeah. send something special for your fans, something special for you. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you can do that. There's multiple ways of doing it with fourth, fourth wall.
0: I didn't know that. That's so cool. So you can also fulfill your own merch so you can do on demand with fourth wall, or you can do the handwritten lyrics and some of those ideas. I, I love that. That's yeah. fantastic.
1: The, you mentioned, uh, uh, the, in the intro posters, uh um, mm-hmm. Though they're a little bit of a pain in the ass to ship. Yeah. Um, they are great. Like you mentioned, the the margins are great. But uh, you can also do them on demand. Mm-hmm. But if you have a way to print them at home, uh, you can sign them yeah. and then send them to the warehouse. We'll handle that for you. Um, and it's it's another one that sells really well normally. And when you mm-hmm. autograph them, yeah. it like, sells amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that hard to sign You know, no. a couple hundred posters. You just have to get in the rhythm your <laughs> hand will hurt but um it's pretty easy to do
0: do some hand yoga
1: yeah some a lot stretches. of stretches when you're doing that
0: yeah well last question for me before i open it up to any audience q a what are ways artists and creators can promote their fourth wall, fourth wall store
1: um so there's there's a few way we recommend one is is make sure you're showing your audience how much this means to you yeah Uh, so meaning take them through the process, hear them out. If you are, there's a lot of musicians who use, uh, Twitch Mm -hmm. or live streaming, I should say, to connect with their fan base, hear what they're saying, talk to them, walk them through the process, throw out ideas. If you have a discord, um, throw out ideas, throw out polls, um, if you have a fourth wall membership, which I'm gonna mm-hmm. uh, uh, instead of Patreon, use fourth wall membership. Okay. Um, ask there, do a poll there. It's like, hey, we're thinking about doing merch. What would be the items that you would like? Mm-hmm. Here are four. Yeah. Um, and see what what your fan base does. Uh, and so that's that's very important. Bringing them through the process. Uh, the second is reward your your early fans, your most loyal fans. There's a, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the, the theory of a thousand through yeah. fans. Um, that's very important. All you need is a, a thousand through fans. And what that means is not just fan that will buy once. It's, it's a fan that buys anything and everything that you put out there. Mm-hmm. It's a fan that will talk to anyone that would give them an ear about you and your music um, and your art. It's a fan that's like, will travel to different places to see you. Uh, with a thousand true fans, it's sort of like it's exponential, right? Mm-hmm. That thousand people know ten thousand people, and those ten thousand people then hear you. Maybe one percent becomes a true fan, and mm-hmm. then they keep it. Just keeps going and going. Uh, so make sure to re- reward them. Um, that could be one of the cool features that we built into Fourth Wall is what we call a thank you video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you uh, supporter buys from your Fourth Wall shop, uh, they have an option during checkout. Mm-hmm. to leave a message and leave an extra donation that extra donation is very common in the creator space mm-hmm. um a lot of people leave even if it's just an extra dollar or two yeah that all goes to you as a musician or as a creator um, but they also have a, an option on top of that to leave a message for you
2: cool
1: um and you within your app your fourth wall app
2: mm-hmm.
1: you'll get a notification Eli just purchased. Mm-hmm. When you click there, you'll see what I bought, what message I left, and you can record sort of like a, a selfie video with a teleprompter of the message I left, my name, if it's my first, second, third purchase, if I'm a, I'm a, a subscriber of your membership, um, all these things so that you can do a 10-second uh, unique unique video for them. Mm-hmm. And what that yields is uh, a l- amazing loyalty. Yeah rewards them because for 10 seconds you knew their name you said their name you knew who they were um and so that makes them super excited they'll share those on social media and in the there's a watermark on the top right hand corner that directs them to your shop so now i know oh that's cool i want that how do i get it oh wait i go there and it creates this perfect circle of i i like that i'm a fan of it i want to buy i got this message i'll share it with my With my friends and family and most likely people that are within your friends and family don't like that music, that creator and don't want to buy it as well. So uh, make sure to reward your fans and then promote it, promote it, uh, promote it in your socials, not just have it on the link on bio, Mm -hmm. but make sure that people are aware that it is there. Um, From the first time you drop, if you do a drop, which is like a time limited, like, hey, only two weeks available and then it's sold out, no more available. Mm -hmm. Or if you do what is called an evergreen, which is like Mm -hmm. always available, um, make sure to remind them Mm -hmm. um, where it promoted in your videos. um, Everywhere you go basically is uh, promote your site.
2: Yeah.
1: And and what I mean site is not just your fourth wall. uh, You you Mm -hmm. can make it sort of your your one stop shop. Um, And that's very important as well.
0: Um, Yeah, exactly. Sales, specials, promotions. Um, You know, if it's your birthday, you can run a sale. Fourth of July is coming up in the United States. Obviously, holidays, Black Friday. Um, uh, My company manages an artist named Julia Nunes. And this may have been during the pandemic, but also it doesn't really matter. Um, Her merch company came to us and said, we have like 100 custom Julia ukuleles. Can we run a sale or something? They were probably a hundred dollar items. So we did like a 25% off sale and sold out of them immediately. So she made like, you know, an extra seven, eight grand in a week. And then Julia's like, let's do this for all the items. Tell me yeah. the one that's selling the least and I'll like cut it up and do cool things on Instagram. So if you're like you said, if the store is just sitting link on link in bio or um, sitting on, on as a part of your website, like nobody knows about it.
1: Yeah. And then one thing I would say is the, you mentioned your birthday discount. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great one. Um, giving discounts when no one else is doing. Yeah. Uh, meaning 4th of July 1 is you're going to get a thousand emails right. with the promotion. Um, and you could do it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong and it'll still yield sales. Mm-hmm. But if a random day of September yeah. when it's your birthday, um, you're sending this message. It's sort of like it yields way more because mm-hmm. there's nothing else competing against you. Um, and so that's that's a very uh, good way of mm-hmm. of getting people to come visit your store. Mm-hmm.
0: And also, actually, thought of a few other questions. Um, like on the other end of the scale, you don't have to share the company or artists, but like you also can handle a lot of web traffic. Do you want to share yeah. any, any info on that?
1: Yeah. So I can't share the specific artists, but there was one music record label um, who was trying to sell. They sell um, their fans or their, their musicians have to go through the platform mm-hmm. that they run. And, and this was early on in our, in our uh, history. Um, they hit us up because their, their artists just dropped a single that became mm-hmm. the song of the year, basically, uh, that year. And it, they just, no one could buy it. I yeah. went to the, to the experience and they put me on a queue, mm-hmm. um, similar to like when Ticketmaster now is doing. And then after waiting an hour... I finally got access to the site. As soon as I click something, it crashed. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to the queue. Right. And it's a very poor experience. At the end of the day, e-commerce, you want to make as frictionless as possible. Mm-hmm. There's certain things you can do when it's fan base. Yes. For example, Nike will never put a leave a message or a donation because right. that's an extra step before something like creators, musicians, podcasters, and whatnot. Your 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 fan base wants more contact with you. Mm-hmm. So that and that's yields better results yeah um and so they they hit us up and it's like hey how much traffic can you handle um and so we said as much as you send us mm-hmm. we just you know ignorance is bliss when you're starting
2: yeah
1: um we had gone through what is called a denial dd uh basically when when someone tries to like bring down your platform a few months mm-hmm. before i forgot the acronym is like denial of service or something like that and we had made our platform way stronger and so they we and within a couple hours we had spawn a shop for them back then it was very manual yeah. um and so we all have to, it was all hands on deck mm-hmm. and they started sending their traffic our way we were able to manage that traffic amazingly like it didn't go down it was really cool to see people tweeting because this was a, like a crazy tweet storm when it was going bad um, including from the artist and then when it will start it in our platform mm-hmm. it was night and day and it was like oh my god it's working it's so fast and yeah. what provoke is people starting going clicking and buying at the as fast as possible because mm-hmm. they were afraid of the thing that was happening to happen again so uh, it that was a cool experience and it yielded having even more uh, huge huge uh, artists some of which I was a, a huge fan before Um use fourth ball. Um, and so it was really cool. It was, it was a cool experience and it, it helped us give us the confidence that we can handle the traffic. And yeah. so that is something that um, we are constantly improving. There's always ways to improve and make, make sure that nothing crashes, yeah. uh, but we can handle like huge spikes of uh, traffic very easily.
0: I think that really sets you apart, um, particularly with your investors and your um, partner's tech background. Cause I mean, yeah. I trust me, I love the merch companies. That I know and have worked with over the years, but they're kind of just like, oh, they're like t-shirt shops or whatever. And, and your partners and investors have tech backgrounds.
1: So, exactly. So, yeah. and that's that's one of the hardest part of, of when we were building Fourth Wall is, mm-hmm. um, it not only the on demand is a little bit more technology driven. Yeah. Um, the rest of the space is not, mm-hmm. and so that is something that it was very difficult to do. To sort of like, hey. We're building this. This is our our sort of our end goal. Yeah. Do you want to c- come join us? Mm-hmm. And would you be able to put all this technology and change your processes? So, because like we don't want to talk to you. Like right now, the merch aspect is very back and forth, and it'll take yeah. months. We want to make it streamlined, mm-hmm. where the creator has an idea, it says if it can print or, print or not, and it can go to printing without having to talk to humans, uh, because otherwise it becomes months of a process as opposed to a couple of days Mm -hmm. Uh, like right now if you do a drop which is when you sell Mm pre-sale ones that we recommend drops to or campaigns to last between one and two weeks once that drop ends your fan base is waiting for that product Mm -hmm. they will have a lot of leeway because they're buying to support you but they want their products as quick as possible yeah and so we've brought down that shipping time to two weeks for MOQ products, Mm -hmm. for a lot of MOQ products, because, like, the economies of scale and the technology that we put into place. And it does an amazing experience as opposed to having to wait, you know, months at a time.
0: Absolutely. Why did you call the company Fourth Wall? Uh, So it was interesting. Uh,
1: We were originally called Pop Shop uh, when we started. And the Keith Haring Foundation, who was an Mm, artist in the 80s and 90s, huge year in new york uh send us a cease and desist letter mm-hmm. saying uh we own the trademark to pop shop mm-hmm. we thought it was like well that's a pop-up shop yeah this is pop shop right um we were so excited about the name <laughs> and all of a sudden we couldn't use it anymore we we're like all right fine um and imagine yourself being named eli for so long mm-hmm. right even though it was only a couple of weeks or month but uh, but you you've called eli for so long now you have to find a new name for yourself. So yeah. it's very interesting. We just sat there with a, with paper, put every name that we could think of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of them had either shop or pop in it, mm-hmm. obviously because they were original. And then uh, I can I came up with the fourth wall one, uh, which was funny. Uh, it was just breaking the fourth wall yeah. is what uh, inspired me. Creators uh, break that fourth wall mm-hmm. all the time, right? Like if you go to a play, for those that you that don't know, a fourth wall is the layer between the audience and the actors or the the artists uh, when you go see a play most likely they won't break a fourth wall they are acting as if you're not there mm-hmm. as opposed to when you are a creator you're acknowledging your fan you, you're either speaking directly to them on your youtube video or you acknowledge them when you're playing live in front of them by like you know screaming hello new york mm-hmm. type of thing uh, and so you break that fourth wall all the time and so it felt appropriate um, we made a list of the top ones and we talked to Alexis <laughs> mm-hmm. and when he saw fourth ball, he was like, like, that was it. Yeah. That's it. That's the one. And so uh, it's been a great name. Uh, mm-hmm. The funny thing is not many people, many people spell it two words. Mm. We'll take it, but yeah. it's just one word, <laughs> uh, which is a funny one, but it's uh, it's, it's been a great name after that.
0: I honestly think you guys ended up with the better name.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Cause it's more than just shop, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have, Donations, we yeah. have the thank you video. We have the membership aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, this is just a, an, a one-stop website for you and your fans
0: Yeah,
1: uh, to connect, to build that community, and monetize as at the mm-hmm. same time.
0: That's great. Anything else you'd like to share about 4th Wall?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I think I've spoken a lot. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Go to fourthwall.com Try it out. Um, try some samples. Play mm-hmm. around with creating your, your own store, like make it your own. There's so much you can do with it yeah. that we even, we don't think about like our mm-hmm. creators have come up with amazing ideas and, and innovative ways of, of using the technology we build. built. Um, and don't be afraid of, of trial and error. Yeah. Um, it's never too soon to build your sort of online presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might want to have like one or two products it could be as simple as your name, right? The, the band the name, the artist name, or uh, your logo. Um, and as you start growing, you'll start playing around with, like, maybe I want to do this design, so mm-hmm. never be afraid of that. Um, same with membership.
2: Yeah.
1: Membership is something that uh, it's a great way of monetizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it, you can give access to those loyal fans. Uh, behind the scenes, yeah. uh, early previews, uh, they can, uh, you know, sort of help you with decision making and sort of yielding of whatever project you're on, and they're willing to pay a month, a recurring monthly fee, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a lot of musicians and creators that don't pay their their bills, yeah, just from the revenue of the membership, mm-hmm. and everything else after that is it's profit, right? They
0: do pay their bills. They pay the yeah, bills. Yeah,
1: uh, They pay the bills they pay their bills they're like fixed fixed bills Mm -hmm. um and it's a great way of monetizing but it's also a great way of rewarding fans Mm -hmm. um and engaging them right um so again you own the the relationship there and it's very easy because instead of posting that behind the scenes on instagram post it on the membership right it's like when you're as a fan what you want to see is like what are they thinking what are they doing Mm -hmm. when they're recording well like what are they doing in when they went to tour for the first time in New York City? Yeah. Like, how was that? Make it into a mini video and mm-hmm. post it there and, and give reward them. Even if you later posted in social media, you gave them the inside scoop and they feel more special.
0: I love that. And the audience knows I only, you know, share companies that I genuinely believe in. Um, so, yeah, th- thanks for everything, Eli. I
1: appreciate for the vote of confidence. And, uh, again, we will never be perfect. We're always striving there. But it's how we treat our our your supporters and how we treat our creators. And and so we'll be there uh, to make sure everything goes smoothly. And then we want to take care of the boring parts for you so yeah. you can focus on creating.
0: I love that. Yeah. Great. Any questions for Eli? Yeah, come on up to the audience, Mike, please. Introduce yourself. Hi,
3: Andrew. Thanks, Eli. Very informative. Appreciate it. I had a number of questions. I hope you don't mind.
1: No, go for it.
3: Um, the first is, um, I have to imagine if, if you're ordering a T-shirt on demand, it's got to be much more expensive to do that mm-hmm. as opposed to the minimum amount of orders.
1: Yeah, so it depends. Um, it depends because minimum... Uh, have a quantity, right, but sure. de- depends on the colors that you're printing there, right? If you're screen printing, I would always recommend stay within the sweet spot of one, two, four colors. Uh, versus on demand, you have unlimited amount of colors, um, and it also depends because yes, it is more expensive on a per unit, but it gives you the flexibility of hey, you might not need to order the 150 minimum; you just need 10. In that sort of, if you order the 150, you'll end up with dead inventory. So it's a trade-off on unit economics of gives you the flexibility and the price is just a little bit more. But you can still sell a, a, at a decent price. You don't have to sell at a $50. You can still sell a $25 T-shirt and still make a decent profit.
3: Was it hard to find manufacturers who would actually go with this on-demand concept? It,
1: it's, it was tricky at first. It was, imagine walking into the, you know, emailing people and it's like, hi, I'm Eli. Yeah, who are you? Uh, we run forth Well, who are you again? <laughs> so it was. It was hard, but um, they, there's always people that believe in your crazy idea. It's just a matter of knocking through, knocking on and off doors. Just, just like any artist, uh, to, like as a startup, it's the same thing. You just need to find out that, that those people that believe in your vision, um, and then they go along for the ride with you.
3: And w- when you fulfill an order. Um, the can, I just, can I
0: add to that real quick as someone who does not work at Fourth Wall? I think it's nice for artists who are getting going and they don't know how many to order. I mean, you should know a little bit through your pre-order, which we covered in episode two. But then as you grow... I learned the phrase MOQ today. You do have MOQ options. So yes. you can choose both, can choose, which I yeah, like too. You can choose I don't know them. any company that does that. Usually yeah, it's one it's, or the it's, other. It,
1: you can, once you have and you, you know that you will sell consistent volumes, mm-hmm. you might want to like then request MOQ yeah. and that way you can uh, maximize your profit exactly. and, and sort of you know that you'll sell them. So it's like yeah. you're not worried.
3: Yeah. And when you fulfill an order, um, do you guys decide whether it's Hange, Food of the Loop, Gildan? Does the artist specify what quality they want? So
1: that's up to you as an artist. And that's like, we will suggest what we call like staff picks. Um, There's for every price point, what you're looking for depends on where your audience is. You will select your brand that way. Um, We have filters in our product catalog to help you decide there. Like, for example, if if your audience skews, like you, I think you mentioned the intro, someone that skewed in Australia, Mm -hmm. like the audience was heavily in Australia you want to find a product that also ships from Australia mm-hmm. um, so that it minimizes the shipping cost, minimizes the wait time. Uh, and then you sort of go through the we describe them um, as best as we can on what to expect on each shirt. I also recommend like researching the different brands. We're very transparent. Mm-hmm. Like the Gildan is a is a common one. Um, it's a very affordable an entry point. Um, but in terms of quality, although it's coming back because of the cut and all that, it tends to be a little bit rough. For right. example, right. one of the ones that we recommend is a Bella Canvas, which is a very, like, great all-around um, T-shirt to print on. Uh, but if you ask me right now in my my moment, I'm a big proponent of, like, comfort colors right now. Mm-hmm. I My suitcase is in my car, and I think, like, Five of the ten T-shirts that I have packed there are comfort colors. Gotcha. Um, so it depends on on what you're looking for.
3: I'm it, I'm assuming the label on the T-shirt is like the Gildan or the yeah. whatever. Can you actually get your brand put on the label? Yes,
1: you can. Depending on the on the T-shirt, some T-shirts allow it. Some T-shirts you can't. Okay. Um, depends on the manufacturer as well. Uh, but yeah, you can do what's called print neck label P.N.L.s. Um, it also like Always research the brand that allows it. For example, I mentioned Comfort Color. That one is very difficult to do. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just very few uh, manufacturers and printers will do it because you have to literally cut the the sew-in because it's very tightly put there. Versus a Bella Canvas or Gildan, you can just like quickly, with your hand, snap it, and take it out and print one.
3: Gotcha. Last question. And thank you for being... uh,
1: No, thank you for all the questions. I like it.
3: Um, In terms of return policy, Mm -hmm. do you guys set that policy? Does the artist set it? And do you handle the returns?
1: So the return policy, uh, we set it. You as an artist have control of it, but the process depends on you. Return is very difficult, and it's, it's something that... Um, especially in the on-demand space, um, the items are made just for you. Uh, and so what we do is we have a quality, anything quality-related, there's a, we will replace it or refund it. But returns, because the item is printed uniquely for you, it's a one-time thing, we do not accept general returns. Gotcha. And we, what's surprising about that is we haven't had an issue with it um we had like supporters usually understand it's like oh yeah and it's it's as long as you're transparent with your audience and it says it there in every product listing always it's automatic you don't have to worry about it um and it says it there like general returns are not accepted we're like however if there's anything wrong with your order it didn't deliver we will replace or refund it and that's that's the the important part
3: gotcha thanks very much Eli no problem thank you
0: Awesome. Yeah, get up there.
3: Okay. Hey, Eli, thank you so much. Very informative. I don't know if this is working. Um, anyways, okay, so a few questions. The first one is, um, can you do, like, specialty items? Like, I have a really
1: specific
2: idea of, like, a type of keychain, how it looks, whatever.
1: Yeah, so, so we, do, um, we do what we call bespoke. Um, and so those are items like, for example, I mentioned the plushie, that's a very specific Mm -hmm. because it's whatever shape you want, whatever character you want. Keychains is another one, right? Where it's like very specific, unique outline. You might want it, you know, with, uh, a flashlight, uh, as an example. And so we offer what we call a bespoke process. Um, the one thing is with bespoke, most of the time you do have to like incur in some sample costs. Um, we will work with manufacturers we worked before or find a good one uh, and then try to get it done. It's it's a process. So for that, there's always a sample. There's always some revisions. Um, and then there's shipping timelines, right? Because let's say we, we find someone in the US a little bit quicker, but if we have to go overseas, you have to bake into, you know, it'll take a couple months for it to ship and like produce, ship and arrive. Okay, cool. So yeah, so you can do uh, very unique stuff. And if not, we will direct you to the manufacturers. Like, so
0: cool. And then, uh, my second
1: question is like, w- w- there's so many different types of like t-shirts and hats. Is there a way like before I like, if I'm going to purchase like a hundred, like I could go and like feel the different types, the samples? Yeah. So, so, um, there's a few ways. One is, is go to your favorite creator band, see what t-shirt they're wearing and try to research that. A lot of the times they'll leave the, the, the tag. Um, you can also try to find by the number. Uh, but also when you join 4th Wall, you can create samples for yourself. You get sample credits by doing different things like launching it, um, joining our Discord, uh, participating in different challenges that we do. Uh, but definitely order a sample. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to our, you can email our support. We even have a help article that tells you like, what to expect, and what are the T-shirts that we recommend, as an example. Uh, But our support team will be happy also to guide you. Um, And then it depends on what you're looking at. Read, research. It's a little bit of that when you're looking for a specific shirt. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, Eli, thank you so much for your time before you fly off to Europe. We really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. It's been great. uh, And thanks for everyone for the questions. Uh, I really enjoy this.
0: Awesome. Well, let's give it up for Eli, everyone. Yeah. All
2: right.
1: Thank Thank
0: you. you. So that's a wrap for this episode. Join us tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern in real life here at Tower Labs in Brooklyn or via live stream on our YouTube as we discuss your revenue stream checklist. Always a popular episode. Uh, So we're going to make sure, you know, we're going to cover all the revenue streams that are owed to you if you write, record slash release um, slash play live or also play live. Um, and we're going to have artist Madison Rose. So in the meantime, thanks so much to Eli Valentin, uh, podcast manager Mike Zimmerlick, engineer Nathan Kane, Matthew Wong for composing the show's music, Danny, David, and Jake at Tower Records, the Ally Coalition, Liquid Death, Hal Leonard, and of course, Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment's New York Music Month for making this all happen. We will see you tomorrow.